This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. As things were looking grim for Ipswich, in the pouring of rain in the Midlands, it was Marcus Harness who brought the fireworks to earn Tad a dramatic point on the road. This is the Blue Monday podcast. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. Discussed in town up or down since 2015. This is the flagship show. We're available live with better hosts usually every Sunday at 8 o'clock and on demand on video and podcast afterwards. Joining me as we start another three-game week, Joe Fares with his pink must-have Hladki shirt behind him and Seb Brown with all kinds of paraphernalia behind him. Gentlemen, how are we doing? I'll start with Seb. I'm good. Yesterday? Just, just, just about... Yeah, just about dried out after yesterday. Thankfully, it was pretty grim, wasn't it? But yeah, obviously, we'll discuss the game. And I'm good. Looking forward to Rotherham on Tuesday night and then Swansea on Saturday. Yeah, you, you've got all three to tick off this week, haven't you? You're proper support and all that kind of stuff. All these membership points ticking up. How are you, Joe? You've Have you been away for a bit? Are you, yeah, uh, we just went up to Norfolk for a okay, couple well, of days. It was nice. I was on Gorse to Beach this morning. I could hear some booing coming from Carrow Road all the, all the way out there. But I was in a little cafe and you could hear that. The locals were grumbling about, oh, they're only signing these players on free transfers because they're not good enough because no one wants them. And it was it was nice to hear their fan base so rattled. And uh, all the abuse we got for empty seats when we were struggling. And now there were a lot of people. The, the attendance today was kind of peak Marcus Evans era. It's 25,000, but it's not 25,000, is it? So we will we'll talk more about that later on, I think. We've got to do that. But let's say hello to folk live in the chat. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Get your views on, on Birmingham too, Ipswich Town too. We've also got a poll, which is what I think caused the technical issue because I think that was playing in the background. That's my... That's my excuse, and I'm sticking with it. Um, we want to know your thoughts on whether Marcus Harness has deserved a start on Tuesday night or not, or whether you might use him more strategically. So let us know in the poll there, and we'll give that a look later on. But let's say hello to folk who have given us um, something to 
Reed. Um, first off, Darren. Yeah, another great comeback. Evening, guys. Happy with a point. Um, Kirk's here as well. Tough place to go. Yeah, it's a. Oh, it's a said we were talking about this it's a grotty place to go and watch football if you're in a way if you're in a way fan it's a it's a horrible place isn't it St Andrews it is isn't it yeah you turned to me about halfway through the first half didn't you and said I'm never coming back here ever again <laughs> and I think you summed it up nicely because it was cold it was raining everything was gray it was it was horrible wasn't it it's not a nice away day yeah uh, Kirk Riley says shows how far we've come when an established team run out of legs against us and more to that point later on I'm sure um hello to Lee uh, hello to Clinton. Clinton, um, great reading on Wrath of the Barkley and Pinkin tonight. Um, yep, uh, I, yep, we've been there. I think we'll talk more about that. I'm sure later on. Uh, Charlie D's here as well. Um, Nigel, striker genius to draw this one, so we didn't go top too early. Manage those expectations. Nigel, spot on. Hello to Paul. Hello to Gary. I make Gary murky first off in a murky stadium on a murky day. What last twenty last twenty minutes to get an excellent draw? Uh, Rob's with us. Good day to Michael Phillips here as well. Uh, it is Colin Sam. Um, good numbers. Our mate Chris from New Zealand is with us as well. Happy with the draw. Ashley's here. Tim is here. Um, squeaky bum time yesterday. We'll talk more about oh, oh, squeaky bum time maybe at half time, perhaps, Tim. But I think in the end, said probably the right result. Um, yeah, them, maybe. I, yeah, I think so. We'll discuss it obviously in 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 depth in a minute. I think at halftime it was very much kind of well we we can't be that bad again in the second half. But by the end of it, I thought there's only one team looking to win it. Yep, uh, Christians here, uh, Colin, Paul, Veronica, Ad, Skip. Everyone's here. Hope you've stuck around after my crap intro as well. Um, we've got Bob from Nova Scotia, Halifax, Nova Scotia, no less. Horse horror in Brooklyn. Goodness me, Joe, you, you've been jet setting this week, but not quite as far as Halifax, Nova Scotia. Maybe a little bit warmer, perhaps. I don't know. Yeah, but I, I did have the M issue where I was sort of like panicking because I wasn't quite ready for the pod. And I was sort of had to say to my wife, take over. I've got to be live to the world in 10 minutes. And I really <laughs> am live to the world here. <laughs> I'm kind of a big deal. Uh, well, we've got address here from uh, Reykjavik. So I love how people are giving us where they are. If, if you're in Ipswich, I mean, that's fine as well. I'm, you know, Ipswich represented here as well through me and Joe. So that's what we want. Um, hello, all for Romeo. A draw which felt like a win followed by, and I was getting embarrassed on telly. Goodness me, Norwich coming up quite a lot, aren't they? Um, Ed is here. Tommy, blimey. Uh, streaky 94. Is it Bonfire Night at Carrow Road? Or oh, someone might be on the bonfire tonight perhaps um got john fenning i mate john is in uh carinthia in austria love that as well um eric we will definitely talk about this dane scarlet water ball to hutchinson we will definitely talk about the impact of the substitutes guys purely so i can bitch and moan about um who when Birmingham's announced the substitutes to the opposition and talking of the opposition, God bless him for showing his face. He was giving us the insights on the pre-match show. Uh, John, our resident Birmingham City fan. John, great to have you with us as well. Give us your thoughts too, particularly from a kind of a neutral perspective from the other way around. And I'm sure we'll give you our views on Wayne Rooney's Birmingham as well. Um, and let's just finish with this one because it's it's a bee in my bonnet. Um, Andy Porksmith, Oliver, can we call them Birmingham? Who from now on? Um, Let's talk straight. Let's jump straight into it, guys. Shall we? we've got plenty of action to talk about? Um, Joe, let's talk about Ipswich and the lineup first of all. Two changes from the team that beat Plymouth. Uh, one kind of a forced change in respect to Brandon Williams being unwell and Harry Clark coming in. Clark obviously played the full game midweek against Fulham and Cameron Burgess probably unsurprisingly replacing George Edmondson at centre back. Amari Hutchinson keeps keeps the right wing spot rather than Caden Jackson. I'm happy with that. Any? Other thoughts you wanted to share on our lineups? No, no, I think it, the team sort of picks itself, really, doesn't it, at the moment? Um, 
we we knew that Brandon Williams was ill because he'd mentioned it. That's why the bench changed on Wednesday night against Fulham. So no great surprise after sort of being too ill to be on the bench or sort of 72 hours early. Wasn't well enough to start the game there. But yeah, no, I was I wasn't surprised the team. I guess the only the only real yes or no was going to be Caden Jackson or Amari Hutchinson, and I think he went for Hutchinson's craft against them as opposed to Jackson's pace, effectively. Yeah, and Hutchinson ended up having quite an interesting game, including a first-minute sliding tackle to try and set the tone early, which maybe was a bit foolhardy. Um, Joe, quick shout-out for Skipper Sam Morsey. You made his 100th town appearance. Um, that's quite a record, obviously, despite the a few suspensions maybe in there, if we dare say that. But sets the level so well, doesn't he, for the team and you know a, a vital player for us. Yeah, um, been a brilliant player for over his 100 games for us. And it's, it's good. Uh, it happened before when... When sort of Mick came in, we first, we got a few players get to a hundred games, and it just hadn't happened for years and years before that because we just changed the squad so often. And now it's happened again, isn't it? Connor Chaplin, Wes Burns, now Sam Moore's you get to a hundred games. I'm sure there'll be two or three more following them in in sort of upcoming in up, upcoming months as well. And it's good that you've got that core of that squad that sort of grows together, knows each other's games, learns to play, and obviously in Sam Moore's case, leads from the front, leads by example, and is obviously hugely respected by everyone in the in the squad and it's just the, the real heartbeat of the team and the squad isn't he yeah and someone who's got a lot of well he's he's from Wolverhampton I think he's is where he's from so probably there's, there's quite a lot of acronym between the teams in the West Midlands so um he would have been definitely enjoying that and he was geeing the crowd up as well wasn't he second half too said we were obviously talking about Birmingham City on Thursday the kind of team lineup that's here this 4-3-3 wasn't really like that, wasn't it? Four changes to just to quickly talk through. We anticipated um, one of many insights provided on the excellent pre-match show last week. Ethan Led's return at right back. Uh, Cody Dramer, who some might remember from the Leeds game, uh, who was subbed off having come on as a sub. Jay Stansfield, we know about him from Exeter last season, started up front. Uh, Koji Miyoshi moved over to uh, left-hand side and Janinia Bakuna came in at right wing, having been suspended. And Seb, it was kind of very compact, but... Um, in an, in maybe looked different in different phases of attacking or defending, wasn't it? It was Rooney tried to mix it up a little bit, didn't he? I think so. Yeah, obviously there it's a four three three on the screen, but I saw it more of a kind of a four four two, almost out of possession than a four three three moving forward. Bakuna seemed to have a bit of a license to kind of push forward, and, and Miyoshi would then drop back slightly on the right hand side. So I kind of saw them playing compact, and I saw it very much as a four four two when they were kind of looking to looking to press us, looking to break. And we also saw drama. The left back would kind of step into midfield a bit. We had a lot of space in that right hand side. We'll discuss whether or not we used it or not. But it looked like they were trying to get an extra man into midfield as well to try and outnumber more and Luongo and stop us from getting a getting a kind of you know stamp in the middle of the park and kind of running the game from there. I've just realised. I think you my... sorry. I think you'd almost call it a four-two-four, really, wasn't it? A lot of the time, it was really, really attacking, really pushed on at us. Yeah, I've, I've realised I got my left and rights wrong because I was looking at the pitch from. Yeah, anyway, right, we'll move because to that point, Joe, that four-two-four. I mean, Rooney's strategy and, and it, it come through in a lot of post matches where he'd been quite disappointed with the players being not being able to perhaps sustain that high press they're playing out from the back as well it was clear joe straight away what the strategy was from birmingham and, and it shouldn't really have been a surprise to us either the high intensity wasn't it start from them no and especially in the conditions that were there because it it does make playing out from the back difficult because we we do rely on a lot of real sort of sharp one-touch passing and when you're not quite trusting the surface when the ball's skidding along there when you've got the strong wind the rain in your face because the conditions were awful sort of for the majority of the game, weren't they? And it just, they it just, it just kept breaking down, didn't it? And we just kept not being able to get on top of it. And I thought, obviously he's been superb. But I thought Massimo Luongo really 
struggled in the midfield, getting on the ball and making things happen, where him and Sam Morsey just totally controlled the games for us. And we, we're used to those two controlling the games week in, week out. And you, I think we saw what happens when one of them is a little bit off it yesterday as well in that regard. Yeah. I, yeah, We'll talk about the right-hand side maybe in the context of the game at halftime because Seb and I certainly picked up on something and maybe we'll come back to that as well. Talk to us about the first goal then, Joe. We'll, we'll come to you on this one because to your point about not being necessarily a game for... Um, the passing out from the back. It is a little bit chaotic, isn't it? The, the whole scene that kind of leads to the goal. And we know Stansfield's quite a nippy player, but it's there's a lot of jammy moments that lead to this moment, aren't there? Well, yeah, because it sort of breaks down for us on our left-hand side, doesn't it? And then they sort of pick the ball up and get it quite crisply, um, quite quickly across to Bakunia, who just drives forward a little bit with it. But he doesn't, he doesn't do a huge amount. And I think Hutchinson maybe needs to go back with him, but doesn't. And then... But ultimately, Harry Clark shows him inside to Wolfie and he releases a pretty crap shot that <laughs> yeah. just that scuffs through and there's no problem. But Jay Stansfield's alive in the box, does brilliantly, gets across, nips the ball in front, turns sharply and hits the ball. And yeah, there's Leif Davis on the line, Vaslav Hladky to go through. So it's it's still one that requires a little bit of luck to avoid the avoid the defenders and the goalkeeper there. But no, he it's just a it's a good sharp piece of thinking at the end of a Sort of pretty nothing shot, wasn't it? There and maybe yeah, maybe, maybe there, Cameron Burgess needs to be a bit sharp in the box, but is that maybe a bit harsh? But I don't know. It's just just one of those. The, the shot is so bad that it allows it to happen, and yeah. you you're sort of one of down. And these are sort of scrappy goals in games like that that can sort of really frustrate you. But there's not a massive amount you can do about them. Seb, you you went to Huddersfield. We've got a pretty stunning record away from home in the championship so far this season, haven't we? Um, but uh, when you concede first, and particularly after you've been under the cosh for quite a while, it did feel like, oh, wow, this 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 could be a problem today. Um, obviously, ultimately, the game changes in our favour late in the second half. But after you've started crappily, you kind of want to see that nil-nil stay there as long as possible. And 15 minutes, is it 14 minutes? It's kind of like, oh man, this could be a long afternoon. And it, and it, yeah, almost, and we, it almost was, wasn't it? Yeah, and we had a bit of a, a let-off, didn't we? Bakuna, before the goal, comes forward, gets a shot off that Burgess kind of puts out with his head and goes narrowly past the post. They started really well. They were pressing us. I kind of thought we would look to take control straight away and just kind of turn the crowd almost. You know, if we were playing our natural game, get a few shots off. We know the scenes in the home game where Rooney got booed off, so we know that the crowd would turn quickly if we could kind of make it, make that happen. But we didn't get going at all. I think they deserved the goal on 14. You and me would both agree we were both there. You know, I thought they deserved that. And that's what, you, like you say, that's what you don't want because all of a sudden then... You've got, you know, the new manager in his fourth game in charge. You've got the crowd up. We haven't started well. It's crap conditions. It's one of those days where you kind of think that things are starting to go against you. But they fully deserve that goal because we didn't get going at all in that first 15, 20 minutes. Would you argue that the the first half was a half of two halves in respect of Birmingham came out all guns blazing, didn't they? Or, or fireworks blazing, whatever you want to say. After that point, I don't recall a huge amount of clear-cut chances for Birmingham there's a few moments for us if you want to kind of mention them. There's, there's a there's a broadhead moment, a Chaplin moment, isn't there? Yeah. But I think it was the story for me at least was Town's possession shape wasn't particularly coherent. The ball wasn't sticking with Hurst up front, and Birmingham were just happy to make the game very bitty and scrappy, weren't they? Is that a fair summary of this, the latter main stages of the first half? 
I think so, yeah. Sort of 20, 25 minutes, their press kind of dropped noticeably, didn't it? They kind of ran themselves out and tied themselves out. You said about, what, 10 minutes in, they surely they can't keep this up all game. And sure enough, they, they didn't. And we started to find bits of space. We still weren't really getting our game going, were we? There were some, un- some unforced errors. You know, we were putting the ball out of play. We couldn't really get any kind of slick interchange of passing. The the broadhead one, looking back on the on the highlights, I didn't realise how kind of good an effort it was and how unlucky it was. You know, it's a free kick from Moores that's played in. Burgess knocks it back across. Broadhead's there finds the space gets a shot off on his left and that was that was closer than I saw it in the away end and then the Chaplin moment obviously he'll score one of these at some point this season I'm sure that lovely kind of chip shot which Ruddy just about turns over and that's when we started to find the space because their their press had dropped we had a lot of space on the right hand side Chaplin kind of came across with Hutchinson and with Clark I guess that was a tactical switch but we weren't really utilizing the flanks at all were we and kind of backed up with Bacunia sticking into central midfield as an extra man or drama going in as an extra man Morsi and Luongo were struggling to control the game but after 20-25 minutes we noticeably got better I don't think we deserve to go in half time at you know one all or anything but we were noticeably better going into the half time break after their pressing intensity dropped yeah uh, Joe I, I, we, we've talked quite often on the on the pod about the summer recruitment and clearly going for another striker and perhaps not happening George Hurst yesterday it really it didn't feel like a, um, perhaps a game for him maybe I'm being critical um you know, a few moments where he can take the pressure off, poor control, when he could be sprung through, miscontrol and almost kicks out for a goal kick. Um, it, was it just an off day for Hurst or maybe was there a strategy by Birmingham or were we just leaving him too isolated? What, what What's your take on the George Hurst performance yesterday? I think probably a combination of all those factors really in that it, in a game like that, when you are struggling to play out, when the ball goes into him, you need it to stick a bit to try and relieve a bit of pressure, but it just didn't stick. His touch was loose. He was doing a lot of running. He was getting into places, but he was offside a few times across the whole game, maybe four times in the game, which is just frustrating. You're sort of working so hard to get it up to him, and then it was just coming straight back every time. And I, I don't think he had a lot of help, and I think he could have could have done with a bit more help than, than what he has, but it, it just wasn't his day. And I think it... I was surprised he stayed on as long as he did. I thought it was one where you just... After halftime, it's like just going to run yourself into the ground for 15 minutes and then we'll give Freddie a chance to see if anything different happens from there. Would have been my my thoughts on it. But no, it, it, it was just an off day for him, I think, really. But he still put the effort in. He still tried. Uh-huh. He still he still worked hard. He still pushed their defenders about and battered them about, which probably helped us later in the game, sort of the sort of physical battle he'd had with Sanderson, especially. Those, those things maybe go a little bit unnoticed, but I'm sure they're important in the grand scheme of things in the game. Well, that's a great shout. Uh, and your reflection at halftime as well, Joe, what, what kind of things were you looking to change or for McKenna to tweak at, at halftime for second half? I, I didn't expect us to do much differently. I, I just thought that, I, I don't know, it sounds a bit silly, but just trying to be a bit better, being a bit a bit less loose with the ball at times. And I think Mickey Stockwell was making a good point on the commentary when I watched it back. Effectively, we struggled because we were struggling to build up any pressure because there was too many loose passes and things like that so when you feel like you're sort of getting them a little bit under the cosh all of a sudden someone would give the ball away and it it doesn't just relieve the pressure there it also gives them that little bit of a lift that you kept it going I know it almost seemed like in cricket where if you bowl a couple of maidens in a row you keep the batsman under pressure but all of a sudden you just bowl a dolly up and get hit for four and all of a sudden it just takes all the pressure off the other team and it seemed like we were doing that a little bit just a, a loose pass here a loose pass there probably from players you wouldn't expect it from as well and and Seb, this, this McKenna came. I'm about to borrow Sebism. 
McKenna comes out at the end of the game and says that he was very happy with the, the second half performance. Did you see much change in intensity at the start of the first half before <laughs> before we unfortunately go down 2-0? Obviously, it's only five minutes before the second goal. I thought we started the half much better. I thought we were kind of quicker with our passing. I thought we looked more direct and we kind of Chaplin gets in behind. We were finding that space again as we were kind of towards the end of the first half and that their goal obviously comes from Chaplin's in behind, possibly a handball when he's trying to control it. He gets the cross to the back post. Hurst is there to knock the ball down to the penalty spot, but no one's there. It's a up and under from the that defender. That moment, does her, should Hurst go for goal and be more selfish? Potentially, maybe, especially yeah, considering it's obviously Chaplin's put the cross in, so I'm not sure who's is he expecting to make that late run into the box. But yeah, by all means, you know, you're a striker, you're there to score the goals, try and get something on target at least and see what happens. But it's a an up and under from the defender, isn't it? Upfield, Stansfield obviously takes the touch and swivels and plays it out to Baku, plays it out to the out to the left. I guess, do you want one of your centre-halves to be tighter to Stanfield and stop him being able to pull that ball out the sky? Potentially, maybe. And then there's a overlap from Bakuna. He puts the ball into the hashtag corridor of uncertainty. Burgess kind of has to try and cut the ball out. I know Luongo is closing in on Stansfield and ends up sliding in, but I think if he misses it, it's a, a tap-in for Stansfield, isn't it? And all the, the first five minutes, the hard work we'd seem to display coming out after half-time, you kind of got that sinking feeling and you kind of think, okay, maybe it's not going to be our day today. I wasn't at that point. I still wasn't that concerned given the fact it was so early into the yeah, second half. But, 40 minutes you know, to go, yeah. Exactly, yeah. We know what this team obviously is capable of, as, as we'll discuss in a minute. Um, but I just kind of thought, you know, that's a, that's a real kick because, again, the crowd are up they're singing the Rooney 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 chants are all starting <laughs> from the home fans etc and you just kind of think right well I guess you wanted those first 10-15 minutes of the second half to really set out our stall try and get our game going keep them pushed back but they felt like that goal kind of knocked the stuffing out yeah I mean, you can't Joe be too critical of Burgess right I mean defenders have got to stop the danger and you know we've got the for those who are, are watching um we've got the screenshot of the moment the ball is crossed in by Bakuna and as Seb says, Stansfield is pretty central and if Burgess doesn't get there, it, it falls to him, doesn't it? And it's probably 2-0 anyway, isn't it? Yeah, but like I say, it's, it's I, I don't want to be overly critical, but it's a bad piece of defending if you slide in and put the ball into your own net, aren't you? You're, okay. You're, Conditions you're, you're, slide, you're sliding to put it there. It's, it's not a massive criticism of Burgess because I've, I thought he dealt with the conditions mainly well. He won a lot of headers there, but Ultimately, he he'll look back at that and think he he's made a poor attempt at the clearance, but and it's because it's gone in. That's, but that's maybe a little bit ultra critical. But go with the right foot rather than left, maybe. He's, Man, he's possibly, obviously lefty, but but he's he's the other side of the post. So if you just get a normal contact and it goes straight, it's it's going off for a corner. But he's trying there. Maybe the ball skips on in the conditions. I say it's, it's just one of those things. I don't like I say I don't think anyone's going to be hauling him over the coals for that. It's just no. a an error, a small error where because of Fladke's maybe gone a little bit over, is not expecting it and it's it's just crept in. It's, I say, every, every goal is avoidable and I'm sure he'll be more more annoyed with himself than anyone else is, to be fair. Jason makes a great point as well, Joan. You've got the, the shirt honouring the, the great man behind you as well. Fladke's save from Burke at 2-0 was pretty telling as well, wasn't it? And pretty well struck shot. Yeah, it's just, a, it's just a ball in from the right-hand side where he just gets in ahead of the keeper first and I'd say Hladke out really sharp as we expect him to be. He's always out quickly and gets there and makes a great block. And yeah, that's the ga- that's the game there, isn't it? If that goes in, that is game over. And as he's done all season, he's pulled us out of a little hole there. And before the the, so the quadruple sub, which we would absolutely will talk about, um, Seb, there's a moment where there's this the bobbly shots that go in and Chaplin's is probably the closest and it's bloody unlucky, isn't it? When you watch it back... It is. 
Yeah, it's the first time those front three kind of link up, isn't it? So they're playing out from the back. It's loose play from them and Broadhead's onto it. He comes in, finds kind of finds Chaplin Hurst with a, a dish. I don't know if he dummies it or just gets out of its way. Chaplin's there and kind of a combination of the defender putting him off and then Ruddy sticks out a leg, doesn't he, and just gets something on the ball and it seems to take forever to go past the post. And whilst at 2-0, when the second goal went, I didn't feel that it wasn't going to be our day. When that one went past the post so slowly, I kind of thought, right, well, this is going to be a uh, this can be one of those games today. It was incredibly unlucky, but that was the first time we kind of saw those three really link up and show what they can do. But we were kind of saying we'd expected, I did expected a, a, a sub, uh, at least one maybe at half time. We were we were surprised it got so late, weren't we, before that quadruple change was made. Yeah, I might have got a little bit frustrated at the lack of subs, but they did arrive, and um, I is 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 a thought to put to you guys, and you can sh- shut me down if you like. If you know you're being substituted at the seventieth minute, your Chaplin Luongo Hurst Broadhead, there isn't the incentive to lift your performance before you go off by players warming up which is the case with kind of traditional subs where if someone's having a kind of six or seven out of 10 game, you and you're likely to stay on for the whole game or at least 90% of it. Then when it, when when someone comes up and warms up who's in your position, that might give you a G up and a, and a signal to to raise your game a little bit. Does the fact that we, we know that we've got these fixed substitution points limit the, the impact and it's just reliant on the subs making the impact rather than the psychological impact? Is that a factor or am I reading too much into it? Do you get what I mean? I think, I think you might be reading too much into it okay. there because 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 I, I think they are just going to be leaving everything out there, aren't they? It is. I don't think there is a, is a like, level of yeah, performance okay. that they can raise themselves to. I just think that Hurst only has sort of seventy minutes in him, probably because that's all he plays, and you're not going to get ninety minutes in you unless you play ninety minutes each week. So it is just a case that he does that. But yeah, all, all the front players they they sort of press press and press, don't they? And then. They go and the next the next lot come on and have a go because in fairness sometimes it's like two go off at once another two there and they want to get their goal because they they don't want Marcus Harness to come on and score two goals to draw the game they want to get the two goals themselves because they don't want to be looking over their shoulder for the Rotherham game do they to see whether they're going to be starting or not so I think I think it is just uh, it's just the modern game isn't it now I guess yeah it's making, I get it. it's just making sure that all those subs are able to fit into the team and be fit enough to, and active and interested in the game enough to be able to come in and make an impact straight away, isn't it? Because they're so important. Your analogy is uh, an F1 analogy, which is, you know, you're coming for a pit stop, you rag the crap out of your tyres so that they're, you know, but I'm sure most people who don't care about F1. Um, Seb, all the right changes for you at 72 minutes uh, and the right quantity as well? I think so. Yeah, Luongo was looking leggy, wasn't he? So it made no surprise to see the kind of energy and bustle of Taylor come in. Harness has played really well so far this season. Not really got his his, his chance. Chaplin, Hurst, Broadhead, it wasn't really working. So I was no surprise whatsoever to see it all. The front three completely change out. I thought they made made perfect sense. Like I said, I thought maybe we'd get one at halftime or so. I was surprised it, it lasted so long before they all came on, but they were the logical choices to make. Were you expecting Hutchinson to stay on as opposed to I was Chaplin? surprised. I mean, I, I, maybe it, Chaplin's it, always got gold in him, hasn't he? Or? Yeah, Hutchinson for me, I, he was probably my choice at half time to get hooked, if I'm being honest. I, I, I wasn't impressed with him, but that last 20 minutes, he was absolutely superb. So we weren't really, I don't know how much of it was us not using him in the first half and him not really being at the races in the first half. So yeah, I, I was surprised that the, um, given how they were cramping up and tiring, I thought, oh, maybe we see Jackson's pace in the right hand channel pretty soon. But obviously, McKenna knows far more about football than, than well, I do. 
And Hutchinson is quite young. He's got the energy clearly to last the, the full game, perhaps as yeah. well. So, and he's always uh, an outlet, isn't he? That's the good thing about him. You know, you know that he can always. He's got. He's got a brilliant touch. He can chest the ball down. He can give you an outlet any time of the match. It was. It was really interesting how his game. How he suddenly came much more into it, and always much more effective when these subs came on. Um, Seb, um, I'm going to blow your trumpet for you. I mean, you can obviously do it as well. But the 76th minute arrived, and at that minute. Are you feeling a lot? And the substitutions have been made four minutes earlier. Are you now feeling right? We can now actually start to compete in this game. Well, Rich, did you know that until yesterday, uh, seven, after seventy-six minutes, Birmingham conceded six goals and we'd scored seven. So I, I did say it might did, not be because I watched the pre-match show. Seb. it might not be a game to leave early from. I just thought after their goal, after the Burgess own goal, you know, the, the big save from Burke was the moment. But after that, they didn't really threaten. Their players were going down with cramp. Lard obviously uh, led. Sorry, obviously gets subbed off. They were looking like they were out there on their feet, whereas our subs kind of freshened things up. And whilst I don't think we had too many, too many kind of efforts from the from from before the the first harness goal. I thought we looked sharper and kind of you're kind of thinking, aren't you? Well, if we just can get one, anything can happen with this team. We know how how we can finish games. And yeah, I was I was kind of more optimistic because they were they were making unforced errors. They were going down with cramp. They looked absolutely dead on their feet, given how hard they've been pressing for that first 20 minutes. Yeah, more nuggets of gold on the pre-match show every week, Thursday, 8 o'clock live and on demand afterwards. Um, and you mentioned Laird. He goes off with cramp and um, does his kind of geeing up slow walk to the... Um, home yeah, support gives us, gets gestures, gives us a smile, doesn't he? Yeah, gets, uh, gets some abuse from the away end, Seb. But a minute later, uh, the Birmingham City fans and their PA, who didn't know who Dane Scarlett, Freddie Ladapo, or Marcus Harness were, suddenly know all about them, don't they? They do, yeah. So Ladapo picks the ball up, drifts inside. It's a strong challenge, but it finds its way to Clark just outside the centre circle in the middle of the pitch. He comes forward, plays a ball over to Scarlett on the left. Scarlett was really good when he came on. A few minutes before this this first goal, he'd kind of played one blind, hadn't he? He'd gone down the, to the touchline, pulled the ball on a cross. He hadn't really looked up, so I was a bit critical of him for that. But this time he does you know, does really, really well. He, he, he finds um, finds the space down the left-hand side, drops his shoulder, beats his man, rolls it across. Ladapo's there. Ladapo's sharp in the box. You know, we spoke about... Stansfield kind of coming alive in the box. The Dapo's there for the first the first effort. Hits it, albeit straight at, at Ruddy. But Harness is there in the right place at the right time to to poke it home. And at that point, you're thinking, right, well, 11 minutes of normal time. There's probably going to be five, six, seven minutes, given all the cramping, all the injury stoppages that have gone on. We're probably looking at another good 15, 20 minutes of, of playtime here. Let's, let's go for it and see what happens. It was a crucial goal at a crucial moment. Delighted for the three subs to link up. Like I say, Scarlett looked good when he came on. The Dapo starts the move, is on the end, hits the shot, gets the, hits the shot at Ruddy and Harness, right place, right time. He's been so good this season. Last year, I was quite critical when he came off the bench. He would struggle to get up to the tempo in certain matches. I remember Sheffield Wednesday away. There were times I was critical of him, but this season he's been absolutely superb and yeah, fully deserved that and he gets even better a few minutes later. Joe, you, you've advocated for Dane Scarlett, who's come in for a little bit of criticism, understandably, and I think we've tried to shed some light on the, the context as to why he might be struggling to make an impact, but really came, looked fitter, actually. I don't know. It's weird to me. He was very direct with his running, obviously quite skillful to to create the space to be able to get the cross in as well. But is he maybe got a, a future down that left-hand side, maybe rather than a, in a more central role for you? Yeah, it's interesting. Cause he had, he's really sort of been solely a nine when he's played, but for us and for Tottenham previously and for England for the age groups, it's generally he's played as a nine. I think he played a bit of time on the left at Portsmouth, but he came in and just really made things happen. I thought him and Harness had a really good understanding with regards to the sort of rotations they were making. Because if you think, obviously he's come on on the left-hand side and 
set up the goal from there. He then has a he has a shot from that side where he comes in on that side and hits a decent shot, which the keeper saves. And then for the for, for the equalising goal, he's right over on that right hand side touchline, and obviously Harness has drifted over to cover on that side, and he sort of just holds onto the ball, doesn't he? And then just lifts that lovely ball through to Hutchinson, and Hutchinson just breaks away, drives right down to the goal line, puts it across, and it's. I think it's Cameron Humphreys all the way up from left back, isn't it? Who's, who's come on for Leif Davis, who's managed to get all the way onto that back post, shows the engine he's got on him there. And the ball loops up and I say, I what finished by Marcus Harness. Show there. you this image. Apologies for those on the podcast, but just look, not only the technique, but he's got very little goal to aim at from that angle, is he, Harness? Just the left hand side. Not only is the technique spot on, but the placement is even better, isn't it? And it's on his left foot. He's, and it's on he's his right, left. He's a right foot player. And that, that ball's dropping down for a long time. He gets himself into a great position. And, it's, yeah, it's just brilliant technique, brilliant goal. And not just that, he, he's obviously elated. He's come on. He's made the difference. He's scored two goals. He's got us equal. He comes over to the Ipswich fan, celebrates, but slides straight up, straight back. We're, yeah. we're going here to win this game now. We've got, yeah. We know we've got a good amount of stoppage time. And we, we want to win this. We want to win this game 3-2. And obviously it wasn't to be the case. But, no, that was a brilliant impact from him. And, like I say the subs involved Scarlett with the ball through Humphreys getting to the back post and then Harness the key contributor there. And um, um, Seb Birmingham had just made a couple of subs prior to that as well. Rooney has said in his post match, I think someone put it in the chat that the the subs changed the game, but I think it's the case of the subs changing the game for both teams. Obviously, ours have got those goal contributions, but Rooney changed the system we took or, or adjusted his strategy for us. Brought on, picked a starting eleven that he knew was going to be able to do it, and the more players you take out of that team who know the drills, is it a case of he he made life more confusing for everyone in that team? Or another thing to chuck it to the mix as well, just look at the static nature of the defence for both goals. Is it a case that Birmingham's defence was always going to creak at some point? Potentially, yeah. You spoke about it. They don't react well to kind of balls dropping in the box. And that's what we saw with that that effort. Rooney was very critical, wasn't he? Comes out and says that, you know, their subs affected the games. Ours didn't. Uh, I was quite, quite pleased to see Stansfield go off. I thought he was a pest all day out front. He's a player I really do like. You know, if we're looking to sign a striker in, in January, I'd have no issues if we went out and kind of got him. He's a really nice little player. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of his. And you just saw when, like Joe just said, you know, we scored the goal. Brilliant technique from Harness. He grabs the ball. We all go back and about four or five of their players are on their knees, aren't they? You know, they're looking absolutely done at that point. Rooney was on his uh, crouch down as well, looking like he was defeated. And you kind of think, right, well, there is a chance we might get something here. Their subs were completely ineffectual. Ours raised our game. Um, and then, yeah, it's a good point from Jason there. Before the goal, they were running to the corner flag with 10 minutes to go. They were, yeah, it was like 81, 82 minutes. And they were trying to keep the ball in the corner flag. I guess that's a combination of being absolutely knackered um, and trying to buy themselves some time. It was an interesting strategy, but it didn't work out at all for them. Yeah, in, in fairness to Birmingham, though, I, I did, I did feel that they did react to the goal, though, and actually did because after at two two, you think there's only one team going to win this now, but they did sort of force a corner, get down yep. there, and Djukovic had a header, didn't he? And they did, they did actually keep going and trying to win that game as opposed to just panicking and just trying to shut up shop. So I sort of credit to them for that. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, both teams had moments, but it, it's too. All. I mean, probably what we need to talk about as well, Seb, having. Uh, you know, a few years of away days, including at Birmingham, where they were utterly miserable to be part of, a, you know, a big comeback like that. McKenna signaled as much at full time as well as the, as yeah. the players, etc. But it's just great to be part of some scenes, isn't it? In 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 an away end, and it's been great. There's everyone at Birmingham City is a blogger. I think that was Jack's point in the Telegram earlier. You've got so many different angles of our limbs in the away end, but it's just, we forget how 
you know just brilliant those kind of moments are even if they're to get you a point on the road it's it, you know we'll talk about the significance of the point in a second but just as a supporter as a fan yeah, these are the kind of moments we love isn't it absolutely and mckenna's there geeing up the crowd at the end you know they know how big a point that was and i guess given how we all were at what 78 minutes before one minute before harness scores his his first goal given how kind of we kind of thought well we've, we you know this is one of those games where we're gonna have to get out of town regroup and look to go again at rotherham if we beat rotherham beat swansea at six points it's still a decent week you know that was kind of our mindset i think at that point and yeah those things at full time it was very similar to huddersfield you asked me after the game didn't you and said what was better that or, or huddersfield for kind of the the relief i think that one was because i thought we were worse yesterday we weren't great at Huddersfield, but I thought we were worse yesterday than we were at Huddersfield. Obviously, being two 0 down, coming back um, was, was 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 crucial. So yeah, it's a it's a really important point, and I think McKenna was making that point towards the end with his gestures towards the away end. You know, he probably realizes that okay, we we, we might have maybe not got away with one here, but you know, we've shown we, we've shown character. Um, we've you know running towards adversity, if you want to use the the club kind of slogan. We've we've shown that we've shown great fitness, and I think it was a, a, a you know a great job all round that McKenna kind of wanted the away fans. To recognise and enjoy the moment. Yeah, Gary mentions the point. And McKenna made it as well. Quite a few teams would have given up at 2-0 down, but we have um yeah, we've we've got the resilience and as you said, the running towards adversity and all that kind of stuff as well. And and Seb as well, in the context of you know, Fulham defeat was expected, wasn't it, given you know, given the rotation, etc. But even the wins at Bristol City and Plymouth had kind of got a little bit of an asterisk against them, which was we weren't maybe at our fluid best. So to come from that at uh, that different type of adversity from in terms of performance and get that result because a lot of confidence doesn't it for the two game week or well, the three game week we've got now Absolutely, yeah. The more I look back on it, I think it's a crucial point. You know, otherwise Leeds win on Friday night. If we don't get that point yesterday, then suddenly there's a bit of momentum with them. Is there going to be a shift in things? But it just shows this side will not go away. You know, we 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 dig in, we're resilient when we need to be, and we can pull out moments like that. I do think we've been amazing since the last international break. One of the one of the commenters at the start of the of the show said we've looked a bit leggy, and I think that's true. I don't think we've been at our kind of free flowing best, but we're still here. You know, win at Bristol, win at Plymouth, a win at home to Plymouth, and a decent point on the road to Birmingham follow that up with a victory against Rotherham on on Tuesday night and it's it's another you know c- continuing brilliant run no matter what Leeds do they, they can't get that much closer to us yeah um Chris Rand um wash hands uh gesture I suspect that is if we score a Tuesday night we break an all-time club record we've scored in 34 consecutive matches in all competitions Elkham Baggett's goal against Fulham <clears throat> kept that one alive we will come to your questions. Stick a cue at the start of them. We'll come back, Joe. We'll, we'll do some bits. Um, we'll come back to questions and stuff. Stick a cue at the start, and I'll and I want to hear what Joe's got to say in a second. But uh, here's a word from our supporters at Innovation Labs. Innovation Labs is business hub and co-working space with strategic locations across Suffolk. Our aim is to foster innovation, entrepreneurship, business growth, and the development of an AI centre of excellence in Suffolk. Monthly hot desks are available from just £79. For more info, head to innovationlabsgroup.com or contact info at innovationlabsgroup.com. Innovation Labs, providing support for businesses across Suffolk. Locations in Stowmarket, Ipswich, Sudbury, Woodbridge with more to follow. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, 
protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash blue monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. I can imagine Joe Fairs being like a coiled spring in that 30 seconds, so I'm going to come straight to you, Joe. Yeah, just sort of following on from Seb's point about the resilience the team shows, this is now a club record for unbeaten games away from home. So that that two goals at the end there, it, it keeps alive these records which are going. Obviously, Chris has just mentioned the record about scoring in every game. It's, I, I don't know how many games it's unbeaten. I just saw the Statman's tweet yesterday. But yeah, an, an unbeaten away club record. And this team just doesn't know when to stop. They just keep going. And we look at it. And like I say, the Huddersfield game, we look at it. It's like, oh, we didn't play very well. But we got a point... Away points are good. It's only because we've been on such yeah. a ludicrous run for so long that we're used to just winning games. Where yeah. the reality is, if you win at home and draw away, and you get two points a game, you you get promoted. We're, we're drawing these tough games, and it's not just that we draw the games. We seem to come away from them with good momentum, even though we even though we didn't play well for a large portion of yesterday's game. We come away with two late goals, and we're the team that's comes out of that with the momentum to go into the next game. So no, it's all excellent. And you look at the points we've got the the sort of points per game that we're on at the moment the fact we could be 10 points ahead of third come 10 p.m tuesday night where we're seven points ahead of third as it is it's it's mental really and i, I don't know maybe ben sort of ben talks about it a bit more from the sort of championship side the thought that a team is just going to turn up and play well every week and do months at a time playing well this is an attritional league this is a league where you have to get points when you're not at your best, when teams come and stifle you, when you've got lots of different tests that like I say, Birmingham sent a lot of money in the summer. They've got, they've got a good side. And I know there's been a lot of sort of sort of joking about Wayne Rooney coming in there and doing a crap job, but he, he'll be, he'll be a decent manager there with the backing that they're giving him. And they're upgrading their academy back to category one from category two. And they're, like I say, they're a decent side and you, you don't, we haven't got Morecambe and Forest Green and Accrington and teams like that in this league where they're just not, where they just can't compete with us budget wise. These are these are all good teams. You look at the let's say you look at the team sheets when they come out every oh he's there, he's there, he's there. Mm. Top Premier League loan players like Jay Stansfield, Ethan Laird, who's like two and a half million in the summer that are impressed on loans. And I say this is this is a good point. This is I, and 
I think that just because we've been on this amazing run, it doesn't always look it. But th- that was a really good point yesterday. Tough, tough conditions. A tough place to go. Won one game there since 1986. So, yeah. you know, we should we should be, like I say, breathing it in. That, that's a good point. And we, if we go to Rotherham and follow up with Fred, we've had a fantastic week. Well, and the change we've got now at this point, start of November, is we maybe had the kind of with a surprise package tag. But everyone knows about us now. And we've got teams setting up like Plymouth, like Birmingham to, to stop us now. And that's a huge mark of respect. It gives McKenna a different challenge as well. But teams are now changing the way they face us to try and combat us. And, you know, it, it is going to be tough, isn't it? But as you say, just getting those points. And if we get over the line in May, no one will care how the points were won, just that they were won. So, yeah, good stuff, Joe. I'm glad I came back to you. I wouldn't. I, I felt sorry for you, kind of oh, ready to go, but it was worth it. Let's have a look. Um, let's see how the, that draw works out in the context of the rest of the uh, the results this weekend but uh, friday night seb um narrative for you out uh, of leeds leicester leicester i thought looked pretty ordinary i thought they've got decent wide players but we discussed on the pre-match show i said i had a feeling leeds would raise their game for this i know it wasn't at ellen road but a big game under the lights and sure enough they go there and get the result and that's why you know, what Joe said a minute ago at that point yesterday is crucial because had we lost it, let's say we lose it 2-0 or whatever, they've won the game. They'll see that as a real momentum shift and they'll look to start chasing us down. So they went there, obviously did the business. Leicester, I thought, looked pretty ordinary. Like I said, Ooh. Vardy, I think, had 10 touches. If that, you know, they had, they had pace and, and some decent players down the flanks, but but nothing really, I thought, in the centre of centre of midfield, despite Dewsbury Hall and Winks being so highly rated. So, yeah, I thought it was a, a disappointing night for them. Big result, that, for, for Leeds, though. Elsewhere, um, Joe, Southampton are probably the team that have got, uh, I'll look at the five game form table in a second, but left it late, didn't they? Um, Bartosz Biakowski doing his absolute best for managersless Millwall. But yeah, Southampton are starting to click now, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're a good side, aren't they? And it's, it's more that the amount of quality that they've got in their squad, it, it was always going to, they're always going to be able to put together a run of wins, aren't they? And they had that sort of poor run where we sort of caught them at the end of where they conceded a lot of goals and a lot of games. But the thing about this league is that you win a few games, you can jump up it quite quickly. And they, they haven't drawn many games, have they? They sort of seem to lose or win. And that and that does help when you're trying to get up the league table. But I, I just, I don't know, I, I don't fear them too much with regards to how much they've got to catch up on us, even, to be fair. Okay, fair news. Uh, let's uh, quickly round up the rest of the action. I mean, Bristol City won, Sheffield Wednesday nil. Uh, Bristol City, another team, look at in temporary charge. They've got the win over Sheffield Wednesday, stuttering around still, aren't they? Huddersfield nil, Watford nil, sounded turgid. Um, on the opposite end of the scale, in terms of draws, Plymouth 3, Borough 3. Anyone see the goals for Plymouth in this one? Apart- Some amazing XG goals from Plymouth in that game, weren't there? Up in for the first one, it's gone, Seb. You, you describe the goals. Well, the first one was, yeah, the, the Mumba one was pretty reasonable. The Finnazaz one is a curler from the edge of the area. They and the Morgan Whitaker, didn't they? Just yeah, the like us of Whitaker, you know, a week ago. The Morgan Whitaker kind of the, the, the third goal is. Do you remember when was it Royce put the free kick in at Charlton away in the end towards the end of the first Premier League season? It goes past everybody and drifts in the in the far post. That was their their third goal. So yeah, some some high quality XG chances from Plymouth at home. Who'd have thought it? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and Borough stuttering a little bit, but it's a tough place to go, as we know, Preston as well. Plymouth got their, um, put their rubbish run behind them and leaped, uh, heaped more misery on Mark Robbins at Coventry. Rotherham won Coventry. Um, QPR won, we'll talk more about. Um, a lot of teams in reasonably good form cancelling each other out at Stoke. Be Cardiff, Swansea, be Sunderland. And West Brom, another team in form as well, um, beating Hull 3-1. Um, who wants to talk to me about Norwich 1, Blackburn 3? Uh, Joe, you were in Norfolk. You can Nor- Norwich recently. are bad, aren't they? They, they, are, were, they are bad. They're they. I, I wouldn't like. I don't think down tools is the right word. They just seem so slow and sluggish throughout yeah. the whole team. And it, and I know the defense look a bit all over the place, but it's, that starts in the front, doesn't it? The front players just don't just don't sort of seem to press. Don't seem to stop anything coming towards them. And then by the time they get there, they're sort of pulled around out of position. And I know they just. I don't know. They they look a weak a weak team at the moment. I'm I'm, I'm sure Wagner won't last much longer. And they'll come in and they'll bounce back a bit and they'll push themselves up more towards the right end of the table. But they look a long long way off. They look like a team that needs to have a big hard reset. And yeah. I don't think Stuart Webb's done them any favours with his recruitment in the summer. It seems to be a bit short termist. Yep. Yeah. Well, Neil Johnson here, Sutton, Chris Sutton on Cocoms today for Sky accusing of downing tools. Smodic doing what Smodic does for Blackburn as well. It scored some pretty good goals as well, but the Norwich defending very lousy, wasn't it? Let's have a quick look at the form table before I put the league table up. This is the five game form table. And look who's top of the five game form table, chaps. Despite the fact I was bemoaning maybe some of the recent form, it's still got us top of the form table, but the table that matters. We are still second. And, and that point at Birmingham, Seb, is a point on Leicester, as you rightly mentioned. But yeah, yeah, it's below the kind of top five. There's just a lot of inconsistency and quite a few losses in draws in there, isn't there? And, you know, the, our ability to maybe be more consistent is, you know, the results are going to be, you know, up and down. Towards, you can't sustain this hugely statistically anomalous form. But the consistency is pretty good compared to everyone else in the league, isn't it? Yeah, we're not going to go away, are we? You know, I think we're going to be challenging for that top two all season. You know, it's us and the three. We're, we're slap bang between the three parachute payment clubs. You know, we probably shouldn't be up there given budgets, etc. But we're not going anywhere. I think most sides are starting to kind of realise this now. And I, I'd imagine, I, I think a little gap might open up between, you know, the three parachute clubs and us and then a load of inconsistency for sort of fourth, fifth and sixth downwards, I think. Yeah, I just feel like the top six or seven is starting to maybe open up a little bit. And we are getting into... Meat of the season as well. It's November, guys, isn't it? So, looking positive. Let's go through um, some of your questions as well I, and some of the thoughts. Um, Gary um, got a text from somebody called Sam Jolly Harness: "The poise of an apex predator, the eyes of a kindly woodland creature." I think that's a fair summary, isn't it? There. Um, what else have we got here in the chat? Um, Lee talking about Rotherham's threat. We will finish with Rotherham, but mentioned set pieces and long balls. We need to be aware and ready for it. Hopefully our fitness and class will see us win. Um, but let's get to the questions. Michael asked about Harness. Give us your thoughts in the poll on YouTube, the poll that crashed my broadcast at the start and made my as my excuse. I'm sticking with it. We'll come to that at the end, Michael. Um, but an interesting thought from Max about whether um, Harness could start wide right. Play there for Pompey, allows Amari to come on as an impact sub. Um, Joe, do you want to say that one? I think he's moved away from that position, hasn't he? Though I think he's mm. he's so dangerous and such he's such a good presser of the ball. Firstly, and he's so good in those sort of areas when he gets it. He's really destructive, isn't he? In that position, and sometimes it doesn't all come off. But the way he goes on and he 
what he's getting assist goals every time he comes on the pitch at the moment, isn't he? So I'd, I'd say if like Broadhead is probably the obvious one who may miss out because he's he does tend to struggle to sort of string together three game weeks, doesn't he? So maybe he's, he may be the one that misses out if Harness was to come in, but I don't think anyone could begrudge Marcus Harness to start at the moment, but he's, he's doing brilliantly in that role as a super sub as well. So maybe that's going to be his role for the next few weeks. It's, it's, it's a squad game. It's not, it's not an 11 sort of an 11 player team anymore. Is it? It's a, it's a 20 player squad at, and every and every player on the match day has a role to play, and and those ones that are doing it are, are doing the role. And whether you're playing 25 minutes or 65 minutes or 90 minutes, you're all seen as equal, aren't you, at the moment by the by the fans and management team? That's true. I've had a quick nose of the poll to Michael's question there, and 73% of the chat think Harness should start on Tuesday. So that's quite overwhelming. And Jason asking said whether Two and Zabie's ready for Tuesday as well. Well, I guess if they want to get him in the side, he's going to have to get minutes in pretty quickly. So a three-game week does kind of make sense. You know, I'd, I'd expect it probably to be Wolford and Burgess. Burgess, I thought, he made a few unforced errors yesterday. He wasn't at his best. He got spun on the halfway line pretty early by Stansfield. But I'd expect him and Wolford and still to have that kind of that partnership. I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised if he were to come in. But at some point, if they want to get him in the side, he's going to have to get minutes because the FA Cup third round ain't going to be for another two months. So in a three-game week, do you potentially look to drop him in and then bring Burgess back in for the game against Swansea at Portland Road on Saturday? So Colin's point is there's a bit of a queue though, isn't there? Because Edmondson, might he come back in? Maybe, Maybe McKenna does do the, yeah, McKenna does do this, doesn't he? They've got Fred Oddemyana who plays off the off the right. So potentially he's a, he's a hard that's the one. He's a hard running player. So Google. we've seen McKenna make these kind of technical tactical decisions based on, you know, getting play getting players running at Edmondson. He can therefore cut inside on his stronger right foot. So maybe we'll see. I guess, yeah, it's it's he's yeah, behind. The, the only- the only thing I would say on that is I, I don't know exactly, but McKenna did say that he doesn't put centre backs on the bench normally. But Tuanzebi was on the bench yesterday, and yeah. Edmondson wasn't. So is that Tuanzebi getting ahead in the pecking order, or is it Tuanzebi is more versatile that he could maybe play a couple of the other roles? So that's why he's on there. But ultimately, we signed Tuanzebi to get him in the team to improve us, haven't we? So I wonder whether there is some sort of expedite to try and get him into the team a bit quicker. But who for? I think most people assume it's probably going to be Burgess, but is it going to be Wolfenden on the other side? Who knows? Wolfenden hasn't had a rest, does he? He's maybe no. deserves one. He, or, he or be it. does after yeah. under McKenna, really. I think it's only sort of two or three games he's missed under McKenna. True, true. Um, Jason, will Sky? Will we be on Sky more now? They are guaranteed two plus goal every game. It's, it's guaranteed that Sky pick our game, and it's nil nil. It's obviously we're on Sky Tuesday night, aren't we? But probably you've got a sense that some of the December games are going to be on Sky, aren't they? They're, when do they get announced? We know. Well, it's ramping Quite up already, isn't it? We've got the we've got obviously the, the West Brom game after the international break is on Sky, the 5.30 kickoff, and then we've got the Norwich game, I presume, is on Sky at 12.30. So, yeah, I guess we, we were kind of sparse in the opening few months of the season, but Sky have now seen how good we are, how we play, the entertainment. So the, the further we go into the season, expect more of these kind of fixture moves. Read the league table. Um, Joe um, Clinton heard Bishop from Portsmouth being linked again today. Would he be worth a punt in January? I think he's probably a very similar style striker to what we want in our system, isn't he? He works hard, he occupies defenders, he can pop up and score a goal. But I, I think it's, I heard we'd asked about him in the summer and the fee that we got back from Portsmouth was a bit of a like, well, you're having a laugh with that sort of figure. And they're now top of the league and pushing on for the championship. So you'd imagine, unless his contract's up in the summer and he's not looking like he's going to sign one, that that figure is going to have gone up, not down. So... I think he's probably just going to be out of range for a sensible fee to get him out. 
Yeah, indeed. Um, a few questions or thoughts on our right hand side. Seb. Greg talks about struggling without Wes or Brandon and Rob. Is it a coincidence that our form has dropped off since Burns's injury? Uh, do you think we miss him, especially with how he links up to Chaplin? Um, talk to us about the right hand side. Talk to us also about Harry Clark. We haven't really mentioned him too much. Um, your thoughts on his performance on Saturday as well, and you know whether Hutchinson and Williams comes as a combo now or not. Give us your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, Hutchinson and Williams have got that natural kind of link up. You know, we all love what Brandon Williams brings with his passion and his energy and his aggression in the tackle. And when he's not playing, it is a, it is a bit of a drop off. You know, I, I felt sorry for Clark yesterday. He seemed to be the the kind of the scapegoat where where in the first half no one really played that well. You know, he's involved in the the first harness goal. He picks the ball up in the centre of the pitch and plays a nice floated ball out to Scarlett on the left hand side to create the the first harness goal to start the comeback. So I thought he got a bit of unfair kind of treatment. And we've got to remember as well, you know, he missed a lot of preseason. He's got an Achilles problem that's being managed. Wasn't great against uh, Fulham on Tuesday night, but he was playing out of position. And and yeah, the, to the point about burn, missing Burns, I, I think we probably are. You know, he, he's been a pretty much ever dependent under under Kieran McKenna. We know what he's going to do. He just started to hit a really good run of form, I thought, just before the injury, which is frustrating. Obviously, that he's not not around. Hopefully, he's back after the next international break because I think that link up with kind of Hurst and Chaplin and that directness that he brings to the side with the the relationship with the right back is crucial to how we play so hopefully he'll be back sooner rather than later but I, I don't get some of the the stuff towards Clark if I'm being brutally honest because I don't think anyone covered themselves in glory yesterday in the first half and I, I thought he was just one of you know multiple bad players and he gets a bit of a break off me for the Fulham game because he's playing out of position it's just because everyone loves Brandon Williams doesn't it you know and, yeah and yeah and we do miss him it's, it is a it is a drop-off yeah you know Williams has come in he looks shaky people were writing him off weren't they after the the first two performances he put in but all of a sudden he's got in there we love his energy love his passion it's a virus isn't it that is why he missed out so hopefully he's back for back for Tuesday night but yeah I just thought some of the some of the criticism aimed at Clark I thought was a bit unfair uh, Joe this is an interesting one Paul Sun uh, are we going through the dip in form that all other teams fans kept saying we will have to your to your point before I, I think probably it, people talk they talk about dips in form but reality all they mean is dips in results isn't it yeah. they, they, they they don't worry how, how you play if you, if you get your points and at some point we won't pick up we won't be top of the form table, but we've been probably in the top two of the form table for every two, four, six, eight, ten, five game period that you can that you can put in the season. So yeah, at some point we'll be eighth in the form table rather than second. But and like I say, it, the longer we keep this up, the more that the eighth is going to not matter because yeah. we're we're pulling so far the ahead. The board, isn't it? Yeah, and like that, we, we've we've got so many points. You you took. Like to be out of the top two at Christmas, we're going to probably need to collapse. We're going to need to lose like five games out of the next seven or something like that. That's how that's how far ahead we are. To that's what's going to need to happen for us to be out of this. We like I said, we are very very much in this race for the top two now. Playoffs are nailed on, and it's just a case of just seeing push and see how far we can get in this top two race, and just trying to keep off the people behind. And I think so. I looked at the I watched the Leeds v Leicester game on Friday, and the coverage talked about. Leeds, Leicester, Leeds, Leicester. Didn't really mention it for much considering we were 10 points ahead of Leeds at the start of the game. And it did make me think about how maybe Plymouth fans were last season where <laughs> all the talk was Sheffield Wednesday and Ipswich, Sheffield yeah. Wednesday and Ipswich, and they just quietly went about their business and just kept going. And then all of a sudden the league finishes and they've got 101 points and have won the league. I think, what about that, us? What about I think maybe we are, the, we are the Plymouth of championship this season with regards to not getting the coverage that Leicester and Leeds are going to get. But to be honest, I'm pretty happy with that. I'm pretty happy just to be going about doing our business, thinking, oh, well, Ipswich is going to fall back soon and Leeds are going to catch him. Well, maybe we won't. 
To that point, Chris asks, are Leeds the team for everyone else to fear? They're tracking Burnley's 101 points last season perfectly. Seb's talked about the the Friday night situation. Is it Leicester's turn to have a bit of a stumble, perhaps? Are Leeds the ones with all the resources, perhaps? That we should I guess you look at the, the size of the club, don't you? The resources they've got, that front four. I know Sinistera moved on, but they've still, you know, Somerville comes in and, and picks up right where he left off. And they'll probably go out in January and make some key signings. But as Joe said, we've given ourselves such a great chance by the points gap that's there already. They're going to have to be almost faultless to catch us up. And like Joe said, we're going to have to lose, what, five out of six games, five out of seven games. And we just don't do that under McKenna. So we've, we've given ourselves the best possible chance of doing it. It's about now just simply either matching their results or looking to pull further away like we can on Tuesday tonight against Rotherham and if we can keep them at arm's length it doesn't matter what they do Agreed a um, lot of questions in here a lot about Rotherham and lineups and so on so we'll we'll talk Rotherham in a second um, a lot of questions about hypotheticals which I think we'll keep for another day um, worth in, in terms of the, the topic of Harry Clark as well worth giving a shout out to Jack Saunders who wrote an excellent um, blog um, which is available in our Telegram group about the expectation of players, Ipswich-born players coming through the team, etc. So um, wholeheartedly recommend that. Obviously, if you want to join Telegram, there's a two-week free trial and then a subscription thereafter. We've also got an exclusive Q&A coming up on Wednesday with um, ITFC Women's Lucy O'Brien, um, who, who we sponsor with a, a group of our um, some of our subscribers as well. So plenty of reasons to sign up to Telegram. Also need to c- uh, congratulate ITFC Women who beat Cardiff 2-0 today um, to book their quarterfinal place in in the league cup as well so great for them hopefully a home tie coming up in terms of other bits and pieces of on the podcast worth um again saying thank you to innovation labs for their support for the flagship show this season also our friends at where the sport go to where the sport.com for 15 percent off with the promo blue monday also if you go head, head to our twitter slash x page we have a kira mckenna t-shirt giveaway with our mates at footy fits as well so retweet follow the usual jazz for that um, Rotherham, we will be, Dave and I will be um, doing Rotherham live after the fact, um, straight after the game on Tuesday night. So do join us for that. Swansea pre match. I think Joe might be part of the pre match team this week. Bit of a switcheroo, bit of rotation for us. And at the usual time this time next week, Sunday at 8 o'clock, we'll be back for the flagship show talking all about Swansea. So do join us then. Everything you need, Blue Monday, itfc.co.uk. Seb, should we talk about Rotherham? Um, do you want to give us some bits and pieces of information as if we were doing the pre-match show? And Joe, feel free to chip in and give your thoughts as well. But uh, stay at play, Seb, is probably where we start. League position, results and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, 22nd in the league with 10 points. Played 14, only won two games, drawn four, lost eight, scored 13 goals and conceded 25. Lowest XG in the league with 8.7 versus the 13 goals scored. So they are outscoring their XG quite considerably. Chance creation is an issue. They don't create many chances. The last five games are two defeats, two draws and a win. The defeats were especially damaging. Sheffield Wednesday was their first win of the season. Obviously, they beat them 2-0 at Hillsborough. They also lost to, to Bristol City at home. The draws were QPR at home yesterday and Southampton away which was a good point obviously and the win was Coventry at home their, their home form is much stronger obviously that's relevant for us going there on uh, on Tuesday night the home form they've got nine points nine of their ten points have come from the New York arena New York stadium, stadium. whatever it's called yeah stadium 90% of um, their points from home yeah, they are a stronger side at home. Um, and yesterday was a, a bit of a damaging one. I think it was a one-all kind of kind of one-all draw at home to QPR. QPR had lost six on the bounce. They'd appointed a new manager. So I guess you get that new manager kind of bounce. It was a, an absolute worldy from Elias Chair. There were a couple of big Ooh. saves from Victor Johansson, the goalkeeper, to keep them in the game. 
They equalised from a set piece. The left back Cohen Bramwell puts a, a deep free kick to the back post, and sub striker Georgie Kelly kind of taps home. They hit the post from another corner. So, like one of the guys in the chat said earlier, they are a threat from set pieces. They are now officially the the most fast and longest direct side in the uh, in the league as well. They've overtaken Huddersfield this weekend, so we know what to expect when we go up to Rotherham. You know, Jordan Hugo will be up front and be a pest, and and he loves a bit of S Housery given his ex kind of Norwich connections. Cafu in the centre can take a a decent set piece. They'll be a threat from those set pieces, but I think we go there with with, with no fear whatsoever. Joe, what you if you're Kieran McKenna, what are you thinking in terms of tactics, style of play, and lineup? Oh, well, I think they're a pretty poor side when I've seen them, and I, d- I don't think they really know what they want to be at the moment. They've, they've gone from Paul Warren and the style that he wanted. They tried to bring in Matt Taylor, try and be a little bit more expansive. They've seemed to sort of veered away from that. They've, their recruitment's been a bit of a mess with regards to signing players who end up injured almost straight away, like Andre Green is out for the season. That It's almost like they've started shopping in a market where you're getting a slightly better player, but you're not then getting the resilience to get you through there. They spent a lot of money on Sam Nombe, but he hasn't really done anything as yet. It's just, I know, I think they, I think they're in a bit of a muddle as a club at the moment. I'm, you've just got to go there and you've just got to see them off for the first 10, 15 minutes, take over the game and just beat them. I think really it's, it's not, it's not a game you should fear. It's, it's not the Rotherham of previous seasons where we've gone away there and yeah. been comfortably yeah. beaten 2 0, 2 0, 1 0. And, they're not that team anymore and we're not that team anymore and we need just to go there and turn them over really they've got an injury crisis as well at centre back they had to sign Daniel Ayala on an emergency I've never known an outfield player be allowed to sign on an emergency kind of signing normally it's goalkeepers isn't it but he's been signed because they've got Tyler Blackett Grant Hall Cameron Humphreys not that one their one they're all out injured Andre Green like Joe just said has done his cruciate so he's out for the season so yeah they've got they've got Issues at centre back, and as yeah, we go there with no fear. I think it should be relatively straightforward. And probably the the Sheffield Wednesday defeat, Seb, is is the one to, uh, admittedly, away from home, um, and Danny Rail's first game. But yeah, it, that's the kind of level that Rotherham are at, isn't it? And yeah. and, and you get a two 0 defeat to a team that hasn't won all season, and that kind of tells you the story. And and to kind of Joe's point as well, it, Rotherham are. They're kind of maybe a top end League One club now, so they've yeah. done fantastically well to stay in the Championship. But the strategy, and it's worth checking back on the pre-match. I will link it below. Um, Seb and I spoke about Rotherham for about half an hour a few weeks back, and obviously it ended up being completely useless because the game was postponed. So a lot of what we were talking about there is relevant. But I think we talked about the club stature and and kind of between a rock and a hard place because you don't want to out you know you can't outspend the rest of the teams at this level and similarly you know that there's going to be a load of dross below you that might keep you in the division so it's a bit of a weird situation matt taylor finds himself in isn't it definitely yeah like joe said we, it's hard to tell what they what they want to be they're probably the 45th 46th 47th best team in the pyramid aren't they right at the top of league 1 but not good enough for the for the championship taylor's come out this week after the Sheffield wednesday game before yesterday's uh, yesterday's defeat and he says you know i know my job's on the line etc so it's uh, it's one we can go to take control of the game early and uh, and maybe look to put it to bed by half time hopefully Come and join Dave and I after the game on Tuesday if you are watching um, and if you are driving back like Seb will be. And I don't know if Joe, are you getting to Rotherham? I am heading to Rotherham. There you go. So you will give you something to listen to when you when you get maybe to Birmingham and the M6 will have a podcast uploaded for you perhaps as well. So join us there or listen to it the morning after as well. Hopefully lots of positivity to talk about as well. Um, ahead of um, also Swansea next week as well. So th- 
pre-match Thursday, flagship on Sunday. Join the guys for that as well. And thank you everyone for watching. If you haven't done so far already, give us a thumbs up on YouTube. We really appreciate that. Thank you to the folks on Facebook, Matt, Mark, Elliot, Jason, Stephen, and Angela for supporting us over there. And Blue Monday, itfc.co.uk is where all of the information is for all of our shows, all the links to everything you need, Telegram, merch, et cetera, et cetera. Head over there. Um, Joe, do you want to say goodbye to everyone before we before I press the buttons? Yeah, goodbye, everyone. On to Rotherham on Tuesday, hopefully another three points. Seb, we won't do your usual rallying cry. You can just sign off in polite style. Yeah, no, as Joe says, looking forward to Rotherham, looking forward to Swansea, and let's uh, let's have a seven-point week. The predictions have come in. We've got three nils, one nils, two nils. Hopefully, we are talking about a positive result on Tuesday night. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Apologies for the technical gaffe at the start. Get well soon, Craig. Um, and have a great week, everyone. We'll see you soon. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.